This time on Nona the Mind Probe, episode number 12, Masquerade. John, I believe we may be caught in a hysteratic loop, like in a, like like we're about to explore in uh, in this episode of Megalos. We just keep repeating the same podcast structure every week. We welcome everyone. I recap the episodes. You then say rude and tasteless things that undermine mm-hmm. my authority and, quite frankly, entertain no one. Mm-hmm. And then we discuss themes and we rank the episodes. Same cycle every week. Yeah. We have to break that loop, John. You're, we should have a hysterectomy. Is that how you fix it? <laughs> hysterectomy <laughs> to set the hysteratic loop? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We need, okay, we need a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> some hot water and some towels. <laughs> well, we, we may need more than that. I, I don't have a uterus at all. <laughs> Welcome to No, Not the Mind Probe, a podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, and I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 35 years. That one, that title reading was kind of like if the waiter comes around and offers you, would you like more water? Like, yeah. no, 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 not no, the Mind not Probe. The, no, That's not fine. the Mind Probe. No, I'll have one, but not the Mind Probe. He's <laughs> <laughs> In your dinner date with the uh, mind You know probe. what? Why don't I just order for... <laughs> no, not the mind probe. I'll just order for everybody. My name is Porter Mason. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> and John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 25 years, which, again, we're going to have to update really soon. Yes, anytime. Um, but I, I finally said yes, and hence this. Hence this podcast. Each episode of No, Not the Mind Probe, or Ntemp, as the fans like to say, we'll look mm-hmm. at two stories. We're going through the new series in order, and our Doctor Who curator, John, finds a pairing of the new story with a classic Doctor Who story. John, what do we have in store for this episode? Well, for, so first of all, for this, this uh, episode, if my calculations are correct, cut out the old probe mm. slide rule, I believe uh, that just past will have been Doctor Who's most recent birthday, November 23rd, uh, 1963. Okay. So uh, uh, we have reached Doctor Who's 57th year. Uh, so happy birthday, Who. Uh, happy we're, birthday. We are celebrating with two unremarkable episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, it'll kick off the we, full, before, <laughs> before you start this i would say too as, as you announced it we also very unceremoniously finished our season one yeah. and are moving on to season two but you know what we're just a workman like <laughs> we're just just eyes on the prize here uh we can we can try to on. shoehorn in a clip show maybe if we want to edit something <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. that's what we're going for uh yeah so uh so we are going to start this week with two um workman workhorse like episodes <laughs> uh they they Filled dead air. Uh, a new Earth. Uh, so the the first official uh, David Tennant, first first one of his season. Um, uh, new Earth, and then uh, we've paired that with another another hilarious body switching uh, story. Uh, Megalos, uh, a Fourth Doctor episode that is uh, perhaps uh, justifiably quite notorious as well. So both of these episodes better than a smack in the face. That's <laughs> yeah, just. <what> I'd say. <laughs> Alrighty, let's recap some episodes. Let's, let's start. Um, I'm going to go a different way, and I'm going to start with the new Doctor Who. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. this week. All right, let's what we have is hang a, on, a, probers. 
Hang on, everybody. <laughs> I, what we have is an episode entitled New Earth. It's mm-hmm. season two, episode one. As you mentioned, this is David, uh, the first proper episode of the David Tennant era. Released April 15th, 2006. And uh, John, I believe you brought along a little, little clip. I I'll did. play that right here. Give her back to me. You asked for it. Where'd she go? Why? This is different. Cassandra? Goodness me, I'm a man. Young. So many parts. And hardly used. Oh, ah, two hearts. Oh, baby, I'm beating out a samba. Get out of him. Oh, he's slim. And a little bit foxy. You thought so, too. I've been inside your head. You've been looking... Like it. All right. She likes mm-hmm. it. She likes it. Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it. Uh, well, and the beginning of my recap is Rose and her hot new doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are in love. Wow. <laughs> They're in love. Uh, yeah, they, they, they're they're vibing on each other right in the TARDIS on the on the way. They barely even like left Earth. They're like, where do you want to go next? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You. We could just stay in. They almost just stay in and Netflix and yeah, chill with the no, TARDIS. That's, that's that the entire happens. season three is just Netflix and chill. It's really they really phoned it in. But well, Rose and her little doctor boy toy head quote farther than they've ever gone, and I guess he means time wise. They arrive at a very futuristic hospital on. Well, not Earth, because Earth has ended, right. so I guess it's, well, it's New Earth, right? right? That's the name they're, of that They're episode. in the era of the, end of the world, but yes, they're on a different planet, I mean, New, new Earth. Okay. So I don't know why it's necessarily that much farther. <laughs> I don't buy this doctor already. <laughs> I don't believe this but guy. The whole thing's falling apart here. This is where it's in. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Wait I'm a really minute. in on all this. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, very charismatic, like the writing, but <laughs> the facts are falling apart for Dr. V here. Apple grass, I was really, please. I know you've told me, <laughs> right, I know you told me repeatedly that the continuity and stuff like that doesn't hold together, but I was just like, I had a bunch of pins in the wall here. I was really, it was all, I just got to pull it all together, and now I'm just, yeah. the apple grass just threw me off. Yeah, they see some grass at the beginning. He says it's apple grass. I don't know. The doctor's <laughs> been summoned here, but he's not sure why. He shows his magic ID card, and that lets the nurses, by the way, who are half cat, half person, mm-hmm. and terrifying, uh, they know that he's headed to floor 26. I believe that's all they tell him at the beginning. He and Rose get split up immediately for <laughs> for no great reason. But um, she gets in one elevator, he gets in another, and her elevator gets detoured to a mysterious floor where she sees, oh, it's Cassandra, the flat hey. lady, the flat-faced lady. Hey. Yeah, and the studio audience reacts like that when Cassandra <laughs> comes out. Hey. Like when the Olsen twins come on, but, but a skin sheet with a face. Yeah. Yes. She is the weird piece of skin that we met in The End of the World. Uh, editor's note go see an earlier episode, episode probably two? episode two of this podcast yeah. too yeah probably if you don't count the she unaired purports... pilot that we did yeah. oh yes i, I do not <laughs> <laughs> because it features canine who also featured in this episode no he does not um uh well i mean in in the the classic oh, yeah. episode pair, paired with this mm. one she uh as as we recall she purports to be the last 
human or the less pure human. Uh, she is in a bad way. And she, we, and it's not necessarily a surprise she's still here, uh, but she, she wants to shoot her mind into Rose's body, and she does. It happens very quickly, <laughs> and actually. And she does. <laughs> it just kind of, She yeah. makes it happen. You gotta uh, hand it to her. Yeah. She, yeah, Cassandra for uh, just a big flat piece of skin <laughs> is, uh, she's, she is a aggressive person. She makes things happen in her life. Meanwhile, the doctor sees our old friend, the face of Bo. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Studio audience again. Really excited. <laughs> uh, who's dying? <laughs> and apparently needs to pass along a message to the doctor. So that seems like why he's been summoned yeah. here. It would seem like that would be when a major re- part of the episode. And then. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get to that. Pa- past that. <laughs> when Rose's body returns, uh, uh, inhabited by Cassandra, she flirts pretty boldly, pretty bold mm-hmm. with the doctor. We heard some of that in the clip. Well, actually, we heard it after they switched. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But at, at any rate, they're flirting this whole episode. And he begins to investigate the hospital as something seems off to him. The treatments here are working too well, especially for this point in history, he says. Uh, they, again, very quickly find out that the whole hospital is being powered by human clones that are bred to be infected with diseases as a means of finding cures for other people cassandra reveals uh, she's inside rose's body she this back and forth is quick and confusing she kind of lashes lashes out and traps the doctor then releases him and then they kind of work together partly because the the cat nurses won't kind of agree to cassandra's demands. so she she switches sides back and forth i feel mm-hmm. like um the doctor then also very quickly mixes a bunch of cures together and just like gives it to one of the clones to like guzzle down who's then just healed and they're fine yeah, by touch and yeah. um they spread the cure to all the others the police come they arrest the cat nurses the face of Bo feeling great now really feels good. like a million yeah. bucks <laughs> back yay back. <laughs> and um he tells the doctor you know that secret i was going to tell you uh, no, next season i'll tell you we'll later about it next season. i'll tell you we're gonna and he, but he does say very ominously mm. we will meet one last time right La- one last time for who so someone's going yeah. away after yeah. that we don't know exactly what cassandra leaves i'm assuming it's the face of Bo because the doctor has about 12 more seasons <laughs> in him <laughs> but um cassandra leaves rose's body and enters that of her devoted creepy assistant Shit. whom the doctor uh very generously sends back through time so that uh cassandra's soul spirit can see herself in her younger days one last time and then she her in her assistant's body collapses and dies in her younger self's arms so i you will well we can get right into talking about this um but i thought it was a very sweet moment suddenly uh yeah at the end of yeah, that. It's, but, it's a, yeah what did it what else anything i missed no there? i mean going from that it's 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 a crap episode that just and has this beautiful coda to it right <laughs> that moment really nice really amazing. Yeah. um and, and from this character that like i don't even particularly care about and i'm like why did they bring this back like I, <laughs> yeah i mean but, I, I you gotta hand it to russell d davies uh and, and his ability to to sort of get to the heart of character in a few lines because uh, yeah i mean uh, cassandra's an Cassandra's obviously sort of the first big return uh, from the new series. Um, so, you know, get it started to get a little continuity going and callbacks in the new series. Um, and yeah, it's not, not necessarily that a, you really didn't expect that she could survive exploding. Well, the one Sladeen <laughs> came back. Yeah, true. True. Uh, fair. Yeah. Um, 
I guess uh, but, across yeah. seasons. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you, you wouldn't you expect it right. to come back from exploding um, as no. one does. Uh, I, they don't really explain that. Uh, <laughs> well, so I think her brain is in a little. <clears throat> there was some other brain. I guess they could get her to. I don't. You're right. They don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that was interesting. And then have, bringing the face of Bo back. Um, you know, again, very. If, I mean, he was just a, a bit character in the. Uh, end of the world, right? We sort of saw a giant face in the glass, uh, but they yeah. didn't really mention him or discuss. So, so bringing him back was an interesting, uh, interesting face. He was just sort of introduced. You felt like when they were just trying to give a list of interesting right. aliens to show the breadth and depth of here, yeah. here are the kinds of aliens that are possible in this world. Yeah. It's like, oh, this one's just a face. What do you think about that? <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> and then they bring him back. I wish now I kind of wish that just in the middle of the episode of Russell T Davies just sort of come on screen and be like, what do you think about that? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dr. Rose. Not too bad. <laughs> Not too who's, pretty good. Who's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, uh, I, I won't give it away. But um, where the where the character, the face of Bo goes, is very interesting, uh, and and we'll discuss at some point whether Russell Davis had this in mind or not uh, over time. Right. But anyway, uh, we'll get we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, you know, like I'm saying again, I, I think it does speak to his talent as a writer. That yeah, he just. It's a it's a lame story, and then suddenly you get this beautiful little coda. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it makes me cry. Two, two things. <laughs> the other really, I thought that was a great moment. It really was, and again, maybe even more so because maybe that's part of why it works is because it does catch you so off guard, and because it's a character you just don't really care about. Uh, but the other thing, the other moment or several moments in this episode that I thought was just really good. <laughs> maybe this seems very specific but i thought he really constructed the little running joke about the hospital should have a shop <laughs> yeah so well it's so funny and and david Tennant delivers it very well but um we didn't i didn't it's not worth mentioning in the recap it's really just a passing joke but he just <laughs> the first thing he notices about this incredible modern hospital that solves every single thing you could pause like no problem is too big to be solved by this hospital he just comes in he's like eh, they don't have a shop you should have a shop here people want to shop they want to shop at things and they need to go to a shop and then he mentions it to like every single person is like the nurse is like oh we can you know prevent everyone from dying he's like that's nice you know here's actually the place where you could have the shop <laughs> uh I, I don't know i just loved that running joke and it was and, and again i wasn't that much else interesting about the episode and i thought it was such a great joke like he and again delivered very well tenant is yeah um, it's just great yeah, again tenant you would never think of his second episode. Ten, yeah tenant is nailing it um uh and in a way that it's almost it's almost bold uh, I'm. I don't know exactly when in the order this was filmed. I, I think so. Basically, I think how they were doing is they were filming blocks of episodes. So they're filming bits of the episodes, um, uh, several like three or four all together. So he's bouncing back and forth. So I don't know where he was when he was doing most of his performance here, um, but obviously he's nailed it pretty well. Considering we hadn't seen much of him in Christmas Invasion, and then I think it is a bit of a bold move to have the first episode with your new doctor, and then it you know, have him for about five or 10 minutes also playing another character, right? They switch bodies and now, yeah. he, and he does a fantastic job. Uh, um, both of them. Oh yeah. He's I great. Think, uh, uh, Billy Piper also as, as you really do believe that they're, you know, inhabited by this other person uh, and they pick up uh, sort of the vocal mannerisms and stuff like that. So, um, so again, very bold move to be like, okay, here's your new doctor. Oh, now he's actually somebody else. Uh, oh, now he's back. <laughs> to the again. Um, You know, again, well, in, it, in his first episode, he's, in his first episode, he's, gone for most of it 
Yeah, he's unconscious. Uh, and then is well, it's pretty strong, but he, I mean, he's still like finding his feet. He's he's just been regenerated. And then, yeah, you're right. In this one, he's he's out also in this first episode. Um, in terms of sounds like probably some some foreshadowing, but it's like immediately make out with your companion, albeit in you mentioned they go through great, they love great lengths that. when they kiss to say like, well, she's inhabited by another spirit yeah. and, you know, and so it on and makes, so forth. It makes uh, uh, interesting tease for the previews. Um, but yeah, it does. It does. And we'll see it in the next episode a lot more. Um, Tooth and Claw. Um, they really are all in on the room. Uh, yeah, the romance. I mean, sort of the flirting between the doctor and Rose um, is definitely kicked up. A couple notches, <laughs> um, which is pretty interesting. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this in, in previous episode. Um, I think the cat makeup is very good. I mean, of all things considered, it's a weird thing to have cat faced people, but it's actually pretty good. It is, it is frightening. <laughs> it's very good makeup. It is frightening to me. <laughs> I, I just find it because the makeup is so good. Like it just looks terrifying terrified of cats. To me. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Just no. Just the anthropomorphic mm. like. Uh, mixed so, half breed cat cats person, are like the like... clowns of of half like you can't read their expressions. <laughs> um, I, this is an episode I I don't come back to much. Uh, it, it's sort of it doesn't register that much. I mean, there are some interesting, significant moments. It is his first of the season. It is. It's just kind of disappointing. I think part of what bugs me is. Um, and I think we'll talk about this in the themes. Um, who knows? Who has control over that? We don't know. But <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what, see what, what Jerry tells but us. Hopefully, we'll talk about this in the themes. Um, I don't like the the sort of hand wavy. Oh, here uh, we have all the diseases in the universe, and oh, quick here and and let's here give me all the cures to all the diseases, which are just bags of melted popsicle in different colors that he hooks to himself yeah. sprays them on a person who then touches another person like it's like it it, it seems yeah. it's too much of a stretch and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the difference between sci-fi and fantasy but uh, you know it's just like it's kind of like okay you could have just given them one disease <laughs> like there, there was a way to do this without well, having to be sort of the childhood fairy tale like they have all the diseases <laughs> but we've cured all the diseases don't worry the cats have solved the problem and then if you play tag with each other eventually everyone will be cured <laughs> well also yeah i mean i don't know yeah you could just dissect it so much as like it, it's not like it's basically just to show that this the way that they're getting to these cures is immoral and and evil, right? That's what it stands stand. That's what the point. But but just the 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 actuality of what they're doing, it's like that, that doesn't work. You don't just give someone a lot of diseases and then. I mean, I guess the idea is they're just churning through so many people. They're using like lab rats, but they make it just sound like, oh, we just give everyone they all the diseases. Like the that sounds cure. like a dumb yeah. idea. Like yeah. they're just gonna die immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I mean, maybe maybe we're missing. Maybe maybe Russell T Davies' point is like, well, yeah, maybe that's what a cat something. would do. Like cats are stupid. Like why? Of course, this is this is cat run. We shouldn't have. We should the the real message of the episode is we should not yeah. allow cats to become doctors. Uh, and I, I think it's a bold statement for Doctor Who. I, I do. I think, uh, you know, but it needs to be said. I just, isn't there something like a the 33rd Amendment that allows a cat to do whatever they want to do? I mean, isn't that part of America? Well, I, mean, I think that's why you got to say something now. Because, you know, uh, first they came for the cat doctors and I said nothing. Uh, and we, Cats <laughs> have the right to be doctors. <laughs> So, you know, I, I think finally Doctor Who's on the record here, which is important. But, uh, yeah, otherwise an unremarkable episode. Uh. I, I have one more thing I wanted to add, which is just it still continues to surprise me, especially because she was apparently, like you said, a pop star or something beforehand, is that even like tarted up Rose is not like terribly tarted up. She's still wearing like 
cargo pants <laughs> shirt. Like, <laughs> it's just funny to me that, um, especially having seen some of these past ones where they're, you know, boobs are hanging out all over the place and things like this. Um, they really don't like play up her sexuality. I mean, they use it, but I mean, it's, it's, it's not that overt. She's not just this again she's not like tarted up she's not just this and, and again maybe that's part of rebooting it is that they wanted to make sure I, mean, I don't know if that continues for all the new companions but maybe it's just like they wanted to with with this first one back to say like hey it's not this isn't just about that like yes she's a uh, attractive young woman but you know there's a lot more going on here. yeah um uh, yeah i mean they're definitely the only time they sort of play her her sexuality is is when she's inhabited by cassandra right and she's sort of commenting on her body and stuff like that and and you know sort of I think uh, unzips her, her top a little bit and, and things like that. Right, that's yeah, what I mean. It's like, oh my God, she unzipped <laughs> her top slightly. It's like, it's really not even that, that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was, so the thing about the companions in the past and, you know, we've, we've seen Leela, we've seen Perry. They're obviously, um, uh, and most of the, actually all the women are, are reasonably attractive women. Um, as far as I can tell, I don't know, you know, obviously as a gay man, I can only look at the scientific analysis right, right. of it, yeah. <laughs> what, the, what the mass spectrometer says. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, I'm, I'm informed from a reliable source that they're attractive. Um, and sort of the, 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 the short uh, explanation of sort of why they had these companions among the producers. Well, we needed, it was a family show and we needed something to, to bring the older brother and the dads in, right? That they, oh, they would want to look at right, the attractive, right. attractive woman. Um, and then it did become kind of a, a an issue with the series, and that you know the the how they portrayed women was not necessarily the best. Uh, uh, you know, they were screaming, helpless damsels in distress. I I think is a little unfair. I mean, I think if you look at Sarah Jane or Leela or Romana, as we'll see in the next, you know, they're they're actually quite strong characters. And yes, they do end up screaming every once in a while and stuff like that but you need someone to you know be in jeopardy and and um and to, somebody's got yeah exactly um and so you know it does have to happen um but yeah i, I think maybe there's a consciousness when they started the new series of like okay we're gonna show it's, it's gonna be a modern woman uh, uh <laughs> makes it sound like she's like a got a briefcase and a pants suit <laughs> like she's, <laughs> you know, she's a modern woman she has a job and she's balanced she's trying to have it all um but uh uh yeah i think maybe they were like all right we aren't going to we are not going to fall into the the trap of the like sort of classic depiction of of the damsel in distress hot chick companion which as we've just established didn't really work on me ever so yeah yeah well why don't we talk <laughs> a little bit about the classic episode of hmm. doctor who that you have uh sniffed foisted, out and foisted and upon you <laughs> foisted upon me uh it is called not you know very correctly meglos i mean yeah, it's yeah. a good title i mean yeah, no, no. It does what it says on the, the, on the tin as they yeah. say <laughs> uh this is season 18 serial two of the original series it's four episodes mm -hmm. it was released uh between the 27th of, of september and the 18th of october in 1980 so i was about three years old I, so i was doing other stuff that's why that, yeah, so busy. we can sort of kind of make excuses <laughs> for i didn't see some of these yeah i was busy i mean i was <laughs> there was three a lot going on and it's like there's a lot of paperwork when you're three and we have, I hope, a long clip of this wonderful episode. Uh, so let me cue that up for you and play it right now. Let's roll it. Lost. Here we go again. What's the matter? Well, now his probe circuit's jammed. Well, that's easy. Just waggle his tail. All right. We tried everything else. Thank you, mistress. Repairs complete. 
flies trapped in amber. Not even a doctor can escape a chronic hysteretic loop. What? I have caught him inside a fold of time. Ah, oh, ah, uh, good. His only respite is the short period when he loops back to the start. Round and round for all <laughs> it's the just In the middle of that, that uh, I, I, I <laughs> it was a nice clip, but I was remembering halfway through that it was a talking cactus speaking and I just started laughing and I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> because the voice matched with the talk, the fact that it is a talking cactus. It is well. Oh yes. That is a well cast cactus voice. Like if it was Very. like, a, you know, if it was like a, oh, 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 like Mickey Mouse, it would be weird. <laughs> but no, that is, that is what a cactus would sound like. So I yeah. So anyway, the there, one of the, uh, the gripping moments of drama <laughs> from Meglo from Meglos. <laughs> So let's break this down. Uh, the fourth doctor and some new chick are repairing Romana. Kana Romana. I didn't really, I honestly didn't really catch her name until the very end. <laughs> uh, I really didn't. I don't know why. Maybe, you know what? They were separated. And Tom Baker mm-hmm. actually has a good habit of saying the name of the companion over and over again, is which true. is very good for, for TV purposes to be able to make that work. But <laughs> they were separated. So I didn't hear him say it a lot. Uh, he and Romana are repairing canine, and I'm immediately nervous that canine is a major part of the story. <laughs> um, the doctor sees they're near a planet he once visited. He you know, might want to drop in. Uh, we see the planet has two tribes, one religious zealots who worship the dodecahedron mm. and another intolerant science-minded side. So basically, you know, Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just with different cats. They are like ice and water. The original odd couple, John, uh, <laughs> the president of this place is caught in the middle trying to please both sides. Uh, what's he going to do? Uh, yeah. He calls the doctor in to help kind of be a marriage counselor here That's between these two sides. Yeah, you, yeah, you call the doctor. Yeah. When they land, uh, uh, the doctor and Ru- Romana? Yep, Romana. Yeah. Romana get caught in a time loop where they seem to be replaying the same 15 seconds over and over. The time loop trap was sprung by a talking cactus and his Ooh. zany henchmen who <laughs> look kind of like Monty Python extras from a Genghis they, Khan they sketch. They really do. Yeah, it really is like they wandered in from another BBC set and they were just like, uh, yeah, yeah, you guys just, just roll with it. <laughs> just they go, have everybody. <laughs> great, like, they're dressed like that. They look like warlords, but then they have this great, like, cockney back and forth <laughs> with, with each other, too. It's very funny. The very talking rough. cactus is Meglos. He's a being, the last of his race, but he's planning an epic comeback. <laughs> and somehow, <laughs> though a cactus, he seems to hold sway over everyone. Because the the, the warlords, at one point, uh, when he's making one of his early speeches, the warlords are staring at him, and you almost think at some point they're just going to look at each other and be like, should we just go? We don't need to. This is just some cactus. We can just go. But no, he's, he's very compelling. He's very a very clever. compelling cactus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Locks the doors, like cactuses do. Never turn your back on them. Like this, I don't... <laughs> yes. This I this part, I, I feel, felt like I turned away, and this happened quick. They trick up Earthling? I don't know why there's an Earthling there. They kidnapped him. Okay, and then he's on the ship, and Megalos takes over his body, so makes it a well for two reasons. One, makes it easier to take him seriously because he's (laughs) speaking from an animator potted, yeah, yeah. Um, and also they get get to do some cool makeup and and Mm. put uh, spikes coming out of his face. 
Uh, then he pulls information, I guess. Well, I guess he doesn't need to. But anyway, he, he I, does he just keep the doctor stuck in the time loop or he somehow uses that to be able to recreate him too? Because he makes a copy of the do- doctor. He takes the shape of the doctor. I don't know that he needs... Anyway, I think he's just stalling the doctor there so that <laughs> mm-hmm. he can come down. Um, so the fake doctor, Meg- Megalos doctor, lands on the planet, fooling everyone immediately. The doctor and Romana and unfortunately K-9 <laughs> escape the time loop. <laughs> And land on the planet, they are immediately separated. Mm-hmm. As happens. Uh, the, the fake doctor, and you can tell he's fake because Tom Baker is doing a bizarre bit of acting. I mean, he he is, it is very clear when he's not the doctor, but it's just a very funny affectation he takes on when he's Meglos. Uh, and the fake doctor just kind of walks right in and steals the dodecahedron <laughs> uh it's a it, you know it's a great plan everyone yeah. it, he's here and they say hey he's, he says hey can i just go in and look at this they say sure you're the doctor <laughs> walks right in the real doctor makes his way in and figures figures out that a doppelganger is in the mix here somehow uh a huge and then i'm just gonna go real quick here a huge weapon yeah. is made from the dodecahedron shocking yeah. there's always a big weapon made yeah. the oh. doctor uh pretends to be the cactus pretending to be the doctor mm-hmm. and in doing so he gets the weapon pointed i guess at where the cactus was from and blows that up and then the other folks agree to get along from now on sure i'm sure they do <laughs> and then the, the doctor and his lady take the earthling back home but then their beeper goes off and they they need to get Romana. I, I wrote down, aha, that's her name. I was like waiting the whole time. Um, back to Gallifrey because she's a Time Lord. What? Yeah, right. And I've had it with this episode. That was interesting <laughs> to find that out at the end. But I was just like, oh, God. So what uh, what didn't I miss? Yeah. So um, you have you've grokked that this is not the greatest episode ever uh, done. There are a lot of holes in it. It's amazingly, uh, this was written uh, by uh, uh, John Flanagan and Andrew McCullough, neither who, neither of whom wrote for Doctor Who again. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> was it their first episode? Yeah, I think he made one of the first things they ever wrote, actually. And you can tell. Um, it's uh, it's. Um, uh, and it amazes me that two people could come up with it like that. You know, it's like that working together, right. they still came up with something. This let's this really bad. let's get together, really bang this out. Let's <laughs> Maybe they were all coked up. It was the eighties. Uh, um, yeah, uh, um, it's uh, it's also this is also the first season with a new producer, John Nathan Turner. Uh, and one of the thing, and a, and a new script editor, a guy named Christopher H. Bidmead, who was very, he wanted the make. They both were like, "We've got to stop making this jokey, ridiculous series that it had kind of become in, in the early time years. <laughs> we got to have a really serious, scientifically grounded series." And then they came up with this. Um, it, it, the plot doesn't really hang together. I mean, as you point out, for so for whatever reason, they have to get a human from Earth to fly him all the way there. Uh, so that the cactus can then become the human, but then only by looking at the doctor on the screen, he can now become the doctor. Like they, right. they kind of glossed over what that necessity. I mean, I, I give them credit. At some point, somebody was like, "We should probably, we probably can't just have a a, a, a static um, potted cactus as the bad <laughs> guy. We, we need something that can emote." Uh, and so, you know, they, they did their best. Um, this has a this has uh, uh, flashes of the the sixth Doctor story that we watched in the sense that they the Doctor and Romana don't join the story until well into the second episode. I mean, they're stuck in the TARDIS yeah. doing nothing. Um, uh, and he, I have to say, particularly because this reminds me of some other bad episodes that we've seen, in that 
when when you know part of the nature of the show fine is that we're always following new people who we are we're often following new people and civilizations that we've never met before okay that's fine please for the love of god just put some establishing shots in here somewhere (laughs) to like let us know oh now we've moved to another planet now we're over here like i feel like they put this up there assuming like, well, don't you know, this is the Zarathustrans. You yeah. get it? I mean, of course. It's like, no, you just introduced them 30 seconds ago. I don't they know any of this. Terrible weeks. I did. Uh, I, I'm sad oh, to admit, yeah. though, that that blonde bowl haircut was the haircut that I had as a child. Um, my mother didn't <laughs> have that haircut. So I didn't think that looked hair. That looked that weird. Um you have met Romana for the first time. She's a very popular companion, actually. Uh, she's played by Lala Ward. Um uh and Lala. She's a, yeah, Lala. Uh, she is a time lady. Uh, and actually, this is the second regeneration. So there was an earlier Romana uh, who then regenerated. In a story oh, interesting. Became, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Lala Ward, very good. Uh, she's, she's a good actress. She does a very good job. Um, backstory, scandalous, dishy gossip. Uh, she and Tom Baker got married uh, for, for a couple months and then divorced almost immediately. And now she... <laughs> She pretty much loathes him uh, to this day. Uh, wow. <laughs> quite a messy thing. She's actually now, although I, they may have just gotten divorced, but she was for a long time married to Richard Dawkins, uh, the uh, oh. bio- evolutionary biologist. Yeah. So there you go. You know, so Dawkins, what? hey, shout out to Richard Dawkins if you're listening. <laughs> Richard uh, Dawkins, big, big prober. prober. <laughs> yeah, loves, big it, prober. loves it. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, well, you said very popular. I imagine she lasted here for a little bit. Uh, my I guess part of my question is, or I'll maybe I'll just be interested to see. We talked about, oh gosh, what was her name, Liz, um, yeah. and yeah, said, well, issue. she didn't last very long because she kind of knew everything. You know, they brought on this nuclear scientist who you know, kind of knew everything, and she wasn't adding much. Wouldn't having another time lord not really add much? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, so a, you know. Uh, they legitimately did. Christopher Bidmead did really try to bring more science to it. And so they, they were trying to make it a smarter show. It does end up, she kind of becomes a second doctor. Like she kind of also, and you even see it here, right? She's very confident. She's not a prisoner of the, of the Monty Python character. She like <laughs> basically duping them, like leading them around in circles and right. she's in total control. Um, so I think, I think the difference between her and Liz is they just kind of owned it. They were like, you know what? Yes, she is also one of the smartest people in the room. It's a it's a science fiction show about a talking cactus. I'm sure the kids are smart enough to follow <laughs> like this techno <laughs> babbledygook they were doing. Now, here's here's my shock reveal. Did you okay. recognize Lexa, the the priestess, the high priestess woman? No. It's Barbara. It's Jacqueline Hill. <clears throat> that what? Uh, yeah it, <laughs> it was Barbara. Uh so uh she That's had so um, yeah, she had left acting uh, when she had kids and, and was raising her family. Um, and uh, and then um, she got rid of her kids somehow. I don't know. She got right. rid of her kids. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I don't want to ask a lot of questions because uh, I like her. Um, and she was getting back into acting and, you know, I was having trouble because if you haven't acted for a while, you don't know the people and have networks and stuff. And so, um, yeah, she kind of she came back to Doctor Who. It's an interesting choice. You know, again, people most at this time, there weren't. They weren't rerunning it very much at, at all. There weren't VHS tapes. You know, no one would have probably really known who it was. I'm not even sure it was that big a deal that she came back. But yeah, um, uh, so that was Jacqueline Hill. That was Barbara. Um, she does an okay job. I mean, she's she's always a good actress. It's kind of an unforgiving role, sort of to be the religious zealot character. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. not much to it. Um, uh, you also have uh, uh, Bill Frazier, who's playing the lead Monty Python guy, uh, General Gregor. 
He's uh, very funny. Yeah, he's very good. He uh, and he only took the part if he could kick K nine. Yeah, that was. I think I mentioned that in our. Oh our yeah, pilot. you did. Yeah. Mention, yeah. Uh, he said he would only. He wanted to be the most hated man in Doctor Who. He would only take the part if he could kick K nine. Um, and then also, I know, I know this. This may this is going to sound weird to say. This was a special effects bonanza, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that they introduced. Uh, and if you do go back and look at it, you can't. So yeah. this was, you know, this was late seventies, early eighties, and they introduced a technique called scene sync. So the so the part that's very obviously where they're. Their their sort of color separation overlaid into the so that the the pirate characters whatever get off and they're walking around the screen so the doctor and stuff walking around the screen. What's interesting exciting about that is that the camera moves to follow them uh, and so basically what it was was that there were two cameras linked to each other right so the actors in the studio in front of the green screen and then there's the model shot and when one camera moved the other camera moved they were computer linked together oh. uh, so that as they moved around it kind of followed them around uh, and if you see there's also stuff like they have shadows not great ones but they do have some attempt at a shadow and things like that um, so yeah it was they were experimenting with a new sort of special effects technique and, and they were very proud of this um, and then you know again credit to Doctor Who they, they did try that stuff um probably maybe too early <laughs> now, they're uh, giving it a whirl uh, what a lot of people don't know is that the computer that uses to do the the sync scene the computer is run by a self-aware chrysanthemum that's yeah. actually what's running that <laughs> <laughs> small potted plant um yeah uh um, tom baker does an okay job as make loss uh, um and uh you know this is final this is tom's final season uh and uh and so we're heading into and, and i think he at this point knew it was the end um and and there's a whole backstory of tom baker like as he stayed in the part he'd been in the part for seven years because he stayed in it for a long time he became very sort of proprietorial it's a polite way to say it megalomaniacal megalomaniacal is another way <laughs> like he was um apparently very difficult to work with towards the end uh and very much you know sort of embodied this role and and was very impatient with directors and stuff like that uh yeah i mean so like a, a, bit of a fraught time yeah i mean uh you know as we discussed the writing not great in this not episode great. but he, he, he also he, he wasn't um that much fun in this i mean and, yeah. you know he didn't bring much to it <laughs> he didn't take the writing anywhere <laughs> no so he, well, was, he was again, kind of a downer too that's that is also part of like i said they they were so his the seasons before this um sort of between the robert holmes seasons like the ark and space ones and this one they were sort of cheaper looking and then also they couldn't really afford the special effects and stuff so they kind of substitute with humor and they and douglas adams was a script editor before this uh and it was very jokey and and uh, and people were you know some of the criticism like it's not you know we got to take this a little bit more seriously Tom Baker definitely liked the jokes and the humor and stuff like that. And so this was definitely a conscious attempt to move away from that. Um, but again, if you're going to be like, hey, this is a really serious series. Yeah, guys, everybody just <laughs> calm down. No laughing. You've got Come to on. take this. Here's the potted cactus. Here's the cactus. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually in a pot. I mean, I'll give them credit. At least at some I mean, you've got to wonder if at some point someone's like, should we cut like a mouth on it and have like a... <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a Muppet? Like, hey, no, that's too far, John. <laughs> it's too much. It is too much. Um, We're yeah, trying to run a serious show here. <laughs> now, please, will someone put the camera back on the cactus <laughs> and film the rest big of monologue his here. huge monologue? <laughs> it, has, it has lengthy scenes where it's just pointing at the cactus. <laughs> there are a couple points where, you know, the cactus is in like a two shot and then they have to cut. <laughs> 
to a second shot of the cactus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to catch its expression, right? You got to get the emotion. Of yeah, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a dramatic close-up. Uh, the cactus's agent was like, "I get four close-ups." Uh, or, or, or we walk we'll walk you find another cactus at this well, someone will walk and then carry me in my pot <laughs> themey themey themes never meaning no harm that's just a little bit more than the law would allow i think that's the dukes of hazard i was just gonna say it sounds like an 80s theme song i think i think that was i i just drew it up from my memory what you know because as a kid my parents would just sit me down in front of any old confederate <laughs> crime Moon, show moonshining crime show any the old... premise of that show was really ridiculous <laughs> yep yep <laughs> yeah well anyway right. uh i don't believe that uh the happy-go-lucky fun of the antebellum south is uh <laughs> the point of this I don't think that was a theme. I didn't see that as a theme no, in these episodes. So. This is the theme section. We are the adherents of the repeating themes. And I believe we have uh, one kind of a big one to talk about today, which is science versus fantasy. Fantasy. Fantasy Island. De plane, de plane, Porter. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we should get a little person to yell at for no reason during the episode. Tattoo. Tattoo. Uh, again, yeah. I'll, I'll start right off. Tattoo not really uh an, a, a a doctor of science of any kind no, that, no. that i understand we're, and you know we we should we should probably save that for our herve villages uh mm, podcast mm. <laughs> herve villages yes. appreciation podcast um yeah um so what, I don't, you've now you've now experienced you you've absorbed uh a number of episodes of doctor who what do you what do you consider it is it a, do you think it's a sci-fi show or do you think it's a fantasy show or do you know the difference? No, I don't know that I know the difference. But um, I, I mean, it is it is a mix only because uh, they use time travel to go to certain periods and insert themselves into eras that if you were in any other land, I guess would be sort of somewhat fantastic. Well, but those are historical. I guess fantasy I would think of as a going to a place that doesn't exist in the real world but happens at the same time as the real world i don't know it seems more science fiction to me than mm -hmm. fantasy um i don't i don't see it as as fantasy because it, sometimes it's hand wavy science mm -hmm. like it's hey i'm gonna hey this thing is coming well i'm gonna build a weapon that can only stop that thing <laughs> i have built the weapon it's never there's never magic like there's never um you know he appears as though he's magical to people mm -hmm. but he they there isn't ever magic. Isn't that, isn't that, was it Clark's law or something that any science of sufficiently advanced would be, would appear as magic to somebody. So to, to a primitive person. So like yourself, yes. as, a, as a primitive Arthur, person, very primitive you are person confused and frightened by Dr. Who. And Arthur C. Clark. Like, yes. Yes. Um, yes uh, writer of 2001. Yeah. I mean, so my sense of uh, my, my non-professional opinion, uh, <laughs> as I'm, this is an official I'm weighing in as a lawyer. So people, this is legal advice. You can follow, but yeah, I, 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 my, for me, certainly a decision. Science fiction is always it's it's tries to ground things in some level of science fact, like or or that you know it's make, it's saying that these things through some technical means or or some phenomena that that is explainable, I guess, uh, are happening. Whereas fantasy, to me, seems more like you know spells and and witchcraft and 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 basically anything. There there are fewer rules, right? Or, or it's more so you know anything with wizards and witches and and people with sort of 
mystical powers um, versus something that is attempts to be grounded in science. Um, and that's why I, th- I think it's interesting. Doctor Who, I think, really does straddle the line, right? I mean, you know, you could certainly look at um, uh, uh, the psychic paper. You know, is that okay? They're, they're trying to be like, oh, it's paper. It's it's definitely a gadget. It's psychic paper, but is it? I mean, it's just kind of that, or <laughs> or the especially it hasn't even gone as bad as it will. But the sonic screwdriver in the new series, in in the old series, the sonic screwdriver was basically a screwdriver. It could do a couple of things, but it, it was it projected sound waves that could be used to unscrew things primarily. Uh, and occasionally it could do other things. In the new series, it's just a magic wand. It can, you know, we saw in the, uh, the, the World War II episode, uh, you know, they used to repair barbed wire. Like it just suddenly merges barbed wire back together. Like, so that, again, starts to straddle the line of fantasy. Um, and, you know, I bring it up as a theme here because the Megalos is full of ridiculous techno babble that actually, you know, they spend copious amounts of time saying it, but it doesn't really <laughs> make any sense. Uh, you know, again, it's like, I've got to have this human to morph into, but then suddenly I can turn to the doctor because I just happen to look at his, you know, publicity uh, 8x9, 8x10 glossy on screen. And I'm like, oh, now I'm him. Right. Um, or even, you know, even New Earth. Uh, oh, we've got all the diseases in the world. We we're talking about all the diseases in the world. And if I just put on these colored, you know, this colored popsicle juice uh, baggies on my, and spray people with them, they'll all turn into it. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I mean, does that, what do you need? What do you think? Like, do you need some sort of scientific grounding to to hang your enjoyment on for the series? Does it bother you? Did, did, did either Megalos or uh, New Earth's techno babble? or lack of coherence that bother you, or it does not matter? Um, well, I didn't like these two episodes, which we'll find <laughs> out in the later, uh, in the rankings part, but I don't know that it had to do with their excessive techno babble. Like, for example, uh, one of, I would say, the more science fiction-y uh, things in Meglos uh, was this focus on what they called a hysteratic loop, and I have no idea right. if that's an actual term or, or what, but it's a concept that you'd be familiar with as you would get into the theory of some kind of time travel. If you can play with time, well, that would be interesting to like catch someone in a trap in time that seems um, both fantastic, but also rooted in this idea of, well, if you can bend the space time continuum and travel through it, then these would be the sort of problems that come up. Um, That's interesting. It, it wasn't good in this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, the, the, to me, it's sort of, that's not going to make it one way or the other. I think if if it began to verge too much into the completely magical, uh, I think that would start to bother me. But it would take many, many episodes of that, like just completely losing touch with any of it and him just waving around this sonic <laughs> thing like a wand. And I don't know. I think even if he did that, I think the fact that they say... It's not a magic wand. Like it's, part of it is just you don't have to get the details. It's just right. more saying this isn't a magic wand. It's a sonic screwdriver. It does science things. That's what's happening. It's not magic, <laughs> even though it is. And I know that sounds dumb, but like that that grounds it in a in a different way rather than saying like I'm. You know, Harry Potter has a very similar thing of like it's the Marauders map, and anywhere you look on this map, you'll just see where everyone is. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, but the fact that they say it's done because magic and his ID card, uh, you know, is sort of said, well, it's designed to do this. It's this advanced technology that does it. Um, I think it's important to the story. As I looked this up, 
there is apparently a broad specific literary genre called science fantasy, (laughs) which is a mixed genre and includes like, I would imagine Star Wars would be in there. Although Star Wars might be just full on fantasy. Um, but, uh, Dune they mention, and 1984, which is interesting. Um, but so anyway, I think Hmm. mixing these two things together isn't as uncommon as, as we might think, but I don't know. I I do think I I need some of the, the science grounding to, to Dr. Who in particular, just because if we're talking about time travel, the basis of the show is that he's traveling through time and, um, there is a very sort of mechanical and engine. I mean, he is an engineer, right? He's a, he's a scientist. So I think I need that. You do a step. I mean, I I think to me, that's sort of the big difference. And I'm probably fantasy fantasy folks right in to your, you know, right into the probe, tweet at Porter, uh, your rage. Like, I feel like fantasy has fewer rules, right. Or that, that a writer can basically, you know, so if you need something to do something, you just add a magic spell or, or, you know, it builds its own rules. It will make its own internal rules, but they're from the ground up. But still, I feel like less rigid. Like to me, sci-fi is much more like we're going to establish a universe where certain things can happen. You know, um, uh, Star Trek, you know, ships can go warp speed, uh, or they can go trans warp. And, you know, there are certain types of weapons and you have shield. There are, the rules are a little bit more rigid, um, I feel like than fantasy. Um, and I think so this part- article is describing that Star Trek is actually science fantasy mainly because of Q, which is interesting uh, yeah, um, right, because yeah. it brings in a very supernatural element. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I think one of the problem, or not problem. I think Doctor's great. Obviously I wouldn't, uh, I think Doctor is terrible. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never liked it, and I don't know how I got roped into this podcast. It's just gonna keep going. No, I'm, oh god, I'm... take a big exhale, John. <laughs> just like stop there. Uh, oh, oh, that feels thirty six years I've been living with this secret. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like your husband's gonna pop up from three rooms away and be like, "Wait, wait, what? what? Why have we been watching it? How much money have we spent on this?" And like once you just you get stuck down this hole, you can't stop. Um, no, I, I feel like part of the issues is that. Um, it's it is a weirdly anthology series too, right? So that there is, um, you know, it, it is sci-fi. That, but each time you start a new set of writers and a new story, at least in the classic series, it's a new set of rules. Because of course, a lot, you know, there's a lot of a lot of these are jobbing writers who, you know, haven't gone back and watched. You don't have to. It's not a qualification to write for Doctor Who that first you have to go back and watch all of Doctor Who <laughs> for two years to get you you got everything down. Um, and yeah, you can, and 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 you know, this does lead to interesting stuff around continuity, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But you know, where you can just kind of retcon whole aspects of the show because people either deliberately do it or just forgot or didn't realize something happened, and you have to try to make it all fit together. Um, but yeah, it feels like so. So it does. The rules can change subtly. You know what the TARDIS can do, what the sonic screwdriver can do, his sort of you know his physical attributes as a as an alien, and what powers quote unquote that gives him. Um, all that can change from writer to writer, which maybe does blur it into fantasy because it, it doesn't all necessarily hang together. Um, but you know, yeah, again, I, I feel like it, it, for me, it's still good, and I, I don't mind it either way. But it feels like for me, like. Um, uh again it's something about newer is kind of like it's all the diseases like that just bothers me it's just like two hits like no come on what you know really <laughs> first of all but again i think it's just poor writing i think yeah I, I mean you know maybe you're right maybe it's wrapped up in that that it feels like poor writing because it is so hand wavy about some of the yeah. the the science and that if they had described it better it wouldn't feel fantastic it would be like okay maybe like there's a thread here that makes this possible fine there again the the 
point is to say they're running this hospital in the wrong way. They're advancing science in a way that is immoral. That, um, that's it. You put your finger on it. It's the hospital administration. Like, I do not <laughs> think. <laughs> I mean, just the, I I want to see their books. I, 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 right. How are they, how are they paying for all of that power to run all those people? I mean, just the, the, are the cats, can't add. are the cats unionized? We need <laughs> to know this. Right. Exactly. We, we need uh, to see their last arbitration meeting. Does the lack of a shop indicate a rejection of capitalist society that perhaps the uh. doctor is unaware? of like i mean these are the questions that we should have explored in more depth uh i think in the episode and and obviously megalos is he fertilized uh mm. what, where you know what how how is he gardened who was watering megalos he was alone in that little thing in the ground for centuries apparently i mean i get he's a cactus maybe he lasts a while but yeah not, it's not excuse me i don't buy what you're selling megalos i'm sorry <laughs> couldn't have gone that long without being watered and in both here. in both planets, uh, how is parking accomplished? I mean, <laughs> like, do they validate on New Earth? We need to know exactly. Yeah, exactly. Who? Yeah, where are the cars? Who's validating? Uh, and, and and would cats? You know, how would cats handle that? I think they'd be a disaster. Oh, cats yeah. parking! <laughs> I have a whole fifteen minutes on that. <laughs> John, yeah, how are you? Welcome hey, to the, the rankings here? part of the show. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I wandered into the rankings. Section. Yeah, we're going to rank some stuff. Come <laughs> and sit, sit down by the fire there. You can roast Set the marshmallow. Set a spell. Like. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there are okay. 200, over 295. It'll never stop, be true, stop being true that there are over 295 Doctor no, Who stories. If anything, it's going to become more true as time goes on. It can't become more <laughs> true. We have ranked Fake news. Tw- Fake news. 22 of them, and we're going to go for 24 this Let's do time. It. We're going to add two more. So I'm going to start uh, with mine. If, if we were not ranking every individual episode, and if we were just going, good, bad, it's all right. <laughs> these would be bad. <laughs> uh, these are are near the bottom of my list. Uh, New Earth. I uh, so far, for whatever reason, I look at where I have the other new. I can I can rank the new episodes amongst themselves much easy, mm-hmm. very easily. I can sort of think, oh, okay, that's uh, around here. I decided to put it um, below. I wanted to put it below Dalek, mm. uh, which I weirdly have low. Uh, I guess weirdly mm-hmm. versus uh, a, a standard issue Doctor Who yeah, fan, of which I'm not. I'm a little unique. Who's that geist? Yep, I get it. So I have it that pretty low, but I have it below like Boomtown, Long Game. I was like, yeah, it's kind of, I think it's below that. Hmm. So uh, I actually have it rated as the worst of the new episodes. And again, there's things I liked about it, but it just, mm-hmm. I didn't really like it that much. Yeah. So it is right, but it ekes out a win just above Vengeance on Varos. The, the bellwether of awfulness. <laughs> now, Meglos <laughs> does not make it over that hill. Oh, and I do oh, have Meglos. Dies on the hill. And you know what? I have to say, partly it's because <laughs> we've, we've just been talking so fondly of Vengeance on Varos. <laughs> over the past few weeks that i'm like ah you know that, at least that was pretty interestingly <laughs> bad uh and the the talking cactus is interesting i don't know i just i really didn't enjoy it and so I, and canine really annoys me <laughs> and so I, I threw it down below there so it's not the i still i have edge of destruction as a, actually mm. my my least favorite just because it was so it was like a panic attack watching that <laughs> so megalos i have better than a panic attack worse than vengeance on Varos. <laughs> 
Wow. All right. Better than a psychological breakdown. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close to you on this one. Uh, I definitely put New Earth down as the worst of the new series ones. Uh, so about behind the long game, um, ahead of Vengeance on Rose, but which is my rock bottom. Uh, that, that's that's when I when I hit rock bottom, I was I watched <laughs> Vengeance on Rose. That was that was when I knew Ooh. the Who was, was really. Uh, I was, it was, you got done watching. Like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find, make change. I gotta make I gotta some changes. Find someone to podcast about this so I don't feel so bad. Uh, yeah. So um. So yeah. New Earth definitely. Uh. It's 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 not a. It doesn't anger me. <laughs> right. Bad, right. Right. It's, right. It's just, yeah. It's just it's, it's kind of a non-entity. Uh. And then immediately below it, uh, I put uh, uh Megalos. Uh. I put the keep it above Edge of Destruction and Vengeance on Varos. Um. I think. Um. I just like Tom Baker, right? It's got Tom Baker. Mm, he carries yeah. along. He's always interesting to watch. I like all award. Um, I, it is, it is um, entertainingly bad, right? I mean, you can laugh at the, at this ridiculous cactus uh, story. Um, and uh, you know, they were, uh, probably were attempting to do something interesting with the science versus religion story, which I could get into. Like I, I definitely have taken sides on that uh, uh, debate and um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pro cactus, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways it's wrong. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not the, the most entertaining story, but again, I, I, Tom Baker carries it above uh, edge of destruction and vengeance on Vardos. Well, as always, you're incorrect with your yeah. rankings, yeah. Uh, but again, people... I failed people can go to mindprobe.show slash rankings if they want to see those and they're they're updated uh in infrequently but they are updated mm-hmm. and uh if if people want to give us feedback uh they can well they can go to the website and i don't know that they will be able to give us feedback through the website <laughs> but they can, they can also yell at the screen i suppose uh they and, can uh, they can know, like cats should somehow? be allowed to be doctors <laughs> <laughs> If you are a uh, cat and you see... have been offended by anything you read at this, heard in this episode, please, please, please let us know. Go to mindprobe.show. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can see on mindprobe.show, you can mm-hmm. see notes from old episodes. Yeah, yeah. Really fun notes that John uses hyperlinks in. I do. Uh, which I, is I understand that's how the really internet the works. Is. That is how the internet connects works. Connects all of us together. You can see our rankings. You can see the schedule of upcoming shows. You Watch can along. follow along with us. Watch along. Watch along at home. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you would like to send us a note, uh, the only way possible right now is to <laughs> log. Okay, okay. Open up, open up your Google machine. All right. You know, you type in Twitter, and then put a little dot, and then com, and then you log into Twitter. Right now, scroll past all the Donald Trump <laughs> tweets and reactions to those. Right. Scroll, 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 scroll. Go read read all of them though read right. all of twitter get angry get really angry <laughs> get angry <laughs> and then you can type in the little at symbol the little a with a little doop de doo around it and then <laughs> porter mason and then hashtag i am a prober hear me roar mm-hmm. and then and then you can write your angry missive to me i am prober hear me roar numbers too big to ignore unless actually, that number's more than 24 <laughs> actually this is a great thing that we should explore in a future episode when did probers get the right to vote prober suffrage when did that happen <laughs> because they were kept from the ballot box for just centuries right i mean true it's true I'm not mm. sure probers can vote now. Uh, they certainly cannot vote on any aspects of this show. Uh, <laughs> no, we, they we cannot. We do not care what your opinion is in terms of the content or structure of this show. <laughs> That's our strong stance. I think stance. that much is clear. Yeah. 
What do we have in store for for this next episode coming up? All right. So next episode, we are. Uh, 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 it, it gets better. Um, uh, <laughs> the second uh, uh, of the new David Tennant series, uh, Tooth and Claw, which is a fantastic episode that involves a werewolf. Uh, and so we have paired that with sort of a, another take on a classic horror film. Uh, and, and very excited, your first second Doctor story, um, The Tomb of the Cybermen. Uh, and so we'll be, we'll be looking at remakes of classic horror next week. Or next episode. Who knows when it will be posted. Now, John, is this the one where I should watch the classic one first? No, that will be uh, the oh, next okay. one. Yeah. So we, Probers, tune in to find out what that is uh, if you don't bother to read the schedule on the <laughs> I'm excited to watch my first second Doctor one. I'll, I'll almost have a complete set. I yeah. almost have a complete set of the old doctors. And then well, I can yeah. just stop doing this. Right. <laughs> it's just not done. <laughs> well, so the, the challenge is, of course, there's only one eighth doctor story. So really going to have to fit there's that in. There's only one televised one? Yeah. I mean, that they still have the... Yeah, we might we might do some uh, we might do some audios or something of the eighth. Because uh, he does have a, a whole career on audio. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. For the moment, um, we're, holding, we're holding back the eighth doctor. Uh, we'll get there. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Got that to look forward to. Well, John, we've come to the end of your little your little podcast. Uh, this little vanity exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Ostensibly, this podcast is about you opening my eyes to the wonder that is Doctor Who, the majesty of it all. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, you have showed me that Doctor Who as a franchise is every bit as relevant and bold and vital as Freaky Friday. And I think mm-hmm. you've really showed me that. Although with Doctor Who, in addition to Freaky Friday, you also get a talking cactus and mm-hmm. bizarre cat women that will haunt my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stress enough that these cat women inhabits coming around and torturing human clones. Right. I mean, just playing <sighs> off our, our deep sort of race memory of, of cats and nuns, uh, which are two just terrifying things. in human no, look- Apologies to any nun probers out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing is that like the doctor, okay, he saved all the tortured human clones. He also poured down these cures <laughs> down the toilet, essentially. I mean. And then now the cats have got to deal with the aftermath. Once again, leaving cats with the bag. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I'm, I'm angry. I'm leaving this podcast angry. <laughs> <laughs>